In this episode of The God That Would Girl Live Your Purpose as a Christian Entrepreneur Bible Study, we are diving into Acts chapter 18. Let's get started with the word of prayer. Father God in heaven, thank you so much, Lord, for the opportunity to be able to read your word and hear what you want us to he- and hear what you want us to hear, Lord. I pray your Holy Spirit here among us, Father God, wherever we are, whether we're at home in bed, whether in the car, whether we're on a jog, Lord Jesus, wherever we are, Father God, I pray your Holy Spirit come and dwell with us, anoint us, Lord Jesus, surround us. We welcome you in. We welcome your presence. We want to be in your presence all the time. I love you so much in Jesus beautiful name and pray amen all right my sisters today we are diving into Acts chapter 18 we are continuing on in um the story of how the church first became the Christian church right and so we're continuing with the with the apostle Paul he's such a huge influence in our principles, our guidelines, the way that we act as Christians so much comes from Paul so I'm always fascinated to hear, to read about Paul's work ethic, to read about Paul's just relentless fire for the Lord. Like it didn't matter if he got thrown in prison. It didn't matter if he was stripped buck naked. It didn't matter if they lashed him with whips. It didn't matter if they made fun of him and mocked him and threw stones at him. Remember at one point they threw stones at him and everybody thought he was dead until the disciples came and stood around him and he got back up. It didn't matter. In Acts chapter 18, he's already gone through all this stuff. And we're about to see him continue pushing, continue pressing. His love for the Lord is so powerful that nothing the enemy has thrown at him has been able to slow Paul down. Nothing. If anything, it makes him go harder. It makes him go faster. (laughs) Uh, So there's so much to learn from these last few chapters where we just see how Paul continues grinding and doing the work for the for the gospel of Christ. Uh, So verse uh, chapter 18, verse one. Later, Paul left Athens and went to the city of Corinth. There he met a Jewish man named Aquila, who was born in the country of Pontus. But he and his wife, Priscilla, had recently moved to Corinth from Italy. They left Italy because Claudius had given an order for all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to visit Aquila and Priscilla. They were tent makers, the same as Paul. So he stayed with them and worked with them. Now, if you're in the school of business, you've heard me talk about Paul and Aquila and Priscilla for how long, right? <laughs> I'm always like, Paul was an entrepreneur, guys. He was a tentpole maker and he was making money to fund his ability to be able to go all over and share the gospel of Christ. If you think about it, that requires money. It requires money to get on a donkey, right, and go all that way. It requires money to sail on a ship uh, to cross the sea. It requires money to have lodging, places to stay, food to eat. So, And Paul wasn't traveling alone. Paul traveled with people to help him build these churches. So 
he didn't just cross his fingers waiting, right? Waiting that and hoping that somebody gives him the money he needs to share the gospel of Christ the way God inspired him to. No, he had a business. He was a tampon maker and he was doing what he needed to do to make the money to fund the gospel of Christ. And I always feel like that's what we're doing here as Christian entrepreneurs. We are not here just making money so we can go on, hey, vacation. Well, right now, staycation because there's a pandemic. But we're not here just doing this so we can be good, so we can look at our own bank accounts, so we can pay our own bills, and that's it. As Christian entrepreneurs, we are doing this so that we can fund our local churches, so we don't have pastors who are working three full-time jobs just to be able to keep the lights on in the church, so we don't have youth ministers who are having to figure out how to pay for the um, the youth conference that they want to do for their, their kids, virtually, of course, right now, but having to figure out how to do that for their kids while still putting food on their table for their own children, right? That's the reason why we as Christian entrepreneurs exist, so that we can fund the gospel of Christ, so that we can tie their 10% and the ministries around us can be blessed and be able to go out and do the work God called them to do. And I love that this is the mindset Paul had. He wasn't just trying to sit back and hope somebody else gave him the money. He went out and he earned. And it's so great that he partnered up with other people who did the same thing he did. I, I love that um, idea of companionship and partnership and, and fellowship. We were talking a few episodes back about making sure that we get into circles with people who think like us, right? Who love the Lord like we do and who are also entrepreneurs because it just helps us to stay encouraged and know that we're not alone. So verse four, every Sabbath day, Paul went to the synagogue and talked with both Jews and Greeks, trying to persuade them to believe in Jesus. Now I got to pause here. I got to pause here. Every Sabbath day, this man went every, he was consistent. He showed up consistently doing the work God gave him to do. Now you girls hear me talk about this all the time right now, right? But I'm tired <laughs> at the moment of filming the, or recording this podcast. I'm tired. I've been wanting to take a nap for the past three hours. <laughs> But I I was telling my husband, I was like, you know what? I got to get this episode recorded because there's right now there's nothing scheduled to go out tomorrow. So I need to go ahead and, and get this scheduled to be consistent. And I even apologized to the Lord. I was like, Lord, I'm so sorry. I keep recording these podcast episodes exhausted. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Just imagine how much grit that took for Paul to work five days a week and then still show up forcefully advancing the kingdom of God in the synagogue, even though there were so many people opposing it. It's amazing his consistency. Verse five, but after Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul spent all his time telling God's message to the Jews, trying to convince them that Jesus is the Messiah. But they disagreed with Paul, with, with what Paul was teaching and started insulting him. So Paul shook the dust from his clothes. He said to them, if you're not saved, it will be your own fault. I've done all I can do. After this, I will only go to the non-Jewish people. Mm. Verse 7. Paul left the synagogue and moved into the home of Titus Justice, a man who was a worshiper of the true God. His house was next to the synagogue. Crispus was the leader of that synagogue. He and all the people living in his house believed in the Lord Jesus. Many other people in Corinth also listened to Paul. They, too, believed and were baptized. During the night, Paul had a vision. The Lord said to him, don't be afraid and don't stop talking to people. I am with you and no one will be able to hurt you. Many of my people are in this city. Paul stayed there for a year and a half teaching God's message to the people. I got so inspired by that story the first time that I read it because I have done that too. 
I've gone into situations where I was trying my best to do the to do the right thing, right? To share what I know, to tell you what I can tell you, to bring value to your life. Um, and that's what Paul was doing. Salvation is it. If you're not saved, right? After, after death comes, there's nothing else. So Paul is doing his best to make sure people are saved and go to heaven. And when they start insulting him and berating him, he's like, fine, do what you want to do. It's on your shoulders now. I did my best and walks away and says, I'm not talking to these people anymore, right? I've done that too, where I just got so overwhelmed and frustrated by the situation. I just threw up my hands. I'm like, fine, then for yourself, I'm done. (laughs) But what I love is that even when we do things like that, the Lord can still work through us. The Lord went to Paul and corrected him. And I was like, don't stop speaking. I have my remnant here. Continue speaking to the people. Continue talking to the people. There's always going to be the people who I have reserved for my kingdom, and they're just waiting for you to tell them. And so Paul, instead of shaking the dust off his feet and being like, bye, Felicia, leaving town, he stayed a year and a half. He listened to what God told him. He listened to the mission God gave him. Yes, he probably had some egg on his face next time he showed up in the synagogue, right? (laughs) But it doesn't matter. What God is asking us to do is greater than our own pride and our own ego. Even if we threw our hands up and said, don't you ever ask me this and la la la. If God is telling you, no, they're going to ask you. And you need to be patient and you need to be kind. You need to continue serving them. That's what we need to do. This is actually something I, I just went through recently here at Godlywood Girl. Um, so I've had a little bit of, not a little bit, all glory to Jesus, a lot of growth at my Godlywood Girl's business um, over the past year and a half, all glory to Jesus. And the problems that you have when you have a small business are completely different than the problems that come as your business begins to grow and scale. So back in the day, I was like DMing my girls, you know, I had all the time in the world just to be on DM, to email people, to hang out, to chill, to chat for hours, right? On live stream, I'd just be sitting on live stream for hours (laughs) talking to like two, three people. Um, My husband was reminding me when I was doing webinars back in the day, there was like only four people on back then, you know what I mean? But praise God, Godward Girl has had some growth. And so there's new people that I'm speaking with and talking with and communicating with, which has been such a blessing. But the more people who come in, sometimes bad apples come in with them. And I have never <laughs> experienced some of the things that I've experienced. <laughs> and what's so funny It's such a small percentage of customers. For every one bad customer, I have like 300 great ones. The percentage is so small. But those bad customers, when they come, ooh, sis, ooh, it's tough. I had one customer who was threatening to go to, what did she say? She said, she called me a scammer and this and that. And she was going to, she said, I'm going to go to Better Business Bureau. I'm going to contact the authorities and all this and that because she said she hadn't gotten a refund yet. Now I knew I issued that refund the second she asked for it. And I'm like, this is impossible. She didn't get the refund. So I contacted my payment processor. They told me that refund had been in her account since five minutes after she requested it. And praise God, I didn't know this at the time, but praise God, there's something called an ARN number that people use to send out refunds. So they gave me the ARN number that proves that the money was back in her account already. 
So I emailed her. I, I sent her the ARN number. I said, that money is sitting in your account. It has been sitting in your account since the day you requested the refund. Um, my strike, my, my payment price processor is going to handle this from here on out. I already let them know that they may need to contact lawyers. Um, so she, <laughs> when I sent her the ARN number, she emailed me back. Oh, I'm so glad you're such an honest business. I'm so glad you're a business with integrity. Oh yes. Now I see that the money is there. Yes. I called the bank. There must've been a discrepancy. Now I see the money is there. I was livid. <laughs> I was livid. And at that point, I was so ready to be done. I was like, listen, I cannot handle people who can drag your name through the mud like that and not even apologize when they realize they were wrong. Not even an apology. Not even a, hey, my bad, sis. I I, I went too far with that. N nothing. <laughs> you over here have me so stressed out. <laughs> and I honestly was mentally done. And that's kind of when I started making the shift to stop teaching um, online courses and to only focus on making films. Because I always tell my husband, you know, Tyler Perry... He never has to deal with emails from irate customers saying, oh, I got my Netflix subscription, but I can't find your movie. Where is it? Right. <laughs> he never has to deal with stuff like that. Um, and I was that's I was like, that's kind of the business model that I should be trending towards where I'm just creating this content that the Lord gives me to create and figuring out a third party platform where I am not the I am not the person who's actually providing that content to the customer. A third person is I'm just creating the content. Right. And so I started shifting my mindset with Godwood Girl to make that my business model. But, ooh, the Lord, the Lord handled me. The Lord handled me. And I, by the way, I announced this, by the way, to my, uh, to my community. I was like, okay, guys, so I'm shifting. I'm going to start making movies full time. That's it. I'm not going to be doing this stuff anymore. <laughs> and I never explained that that was one of the biggest reasons why those bad apples, like, again, very rare, very, very rare. But when they do come, they're so stressful. And I didn't, I didn't tell that to my community though. I was just like, you know what? I'm just shifting back to making movies <laughs> and that's that. But the Lord was really on me and really on my heart, letting me know that he still wants to use me in this season, in this position. And even if every once in a while, yes, I may have to deal with a bad apple, that still doesn't replace the beauty of the 299 wonderful customers that, praise God, I get to deal with for every one bad customer I have to deal with. And that's what I had to remember. And so through a lot of prayer, through a lot of fasting, I decided I'm going to continue offering online courses, continue teaching how to live your purpose, how to start a Christian business online, how to write an ebook, how to start a t-shirt business, continue focusing on these things God has put me here to do. And just keep my eyes on him. And I made the announcement uh, thinking like, oh, you know, they're not going to think it's that big a deal. And so many of the girls were like, oh, my gosh, praise God. We were so nervous. <laughs> so it's OK to pivot sometimes and go backwards on what we say if we maybe misspoke and maybe said the wrong thing out of emotion or out of just not having all, you know, not having the big picture. Um, but God has helped me. I'm, I'm glad it happened because now I know and I'm all in as opposed to before where I was kind of like half in on filmmaking, half in on teaching online courses. <laughs> so praise God. I now feel like I'm all in as a course creator by the grace of Jesus. This is what I do. Praise God. And that's OK. And I make films as well. 
But I'm so glad that it happened because it helped me to really stay focused on what God is telling me to do. Not on my emotions, not on this or that, but stay focused on what God is saying and what God is using us for. So in your own business, in your own life, in your own relationships, even if you said something, if the Lord is on you saying, nah, mm, that's not what I have for you, it's okay to reverse it and say, my B, <laughs> God still wants me to do A, B, and C. Let's get it moving. Verse 12, during the time that Galia was the governor of Achaia, some of the Jews came together against Paul. They took him to court. They said to Galio, this man is teaching people to worship God in a way that is against our law. Paul was ready to say something, but Galio spoke to the Jews. He said, I would listen to you if your complaint was about a crime or other wrong, but it's only about words and names, arguments about your own law. So you must solve this problem yourselves. I don't want to be a judge of these matters. So Galia made them leave the court. Then they all grabbed Sosthenes, the leader of the synagogue. They beat him before the court, but this did not bother Galio. Verse 18, Paul stayed with the believers for many days. Then he left and sailed for Syria. Priscilla and Aquila were also with him. At Censoria, Paul cut off his hair because he had made a promise to God. Then they went to the city of Ephesus, where Paul left Priscilla and Aquila. While Paul was in Ephesus, he went into the synagogue and talked with the Jews. You see how he got back into the synagogue, even though he said, I ain't never coming back. <laughs> Verse 20, they asked him to stay longer, but he refused. He left them and said, I will come back to you again if God wants me to. Ooh, what a great way to say that. And so he sailed away from Ephesus. Verse 22. When Paul arrived at Caesarea, he went to Jerusalem and visited the church there. After that, he went to Antioch. Paul stayed in Antioch for a while. Then he left there and went through the countries of Galatia and Phrygia. He traveled from town to town in these countries, helping all the followers of Jesus grow stronger in their faith. Ooh, now, before we talk about Apollos in verse 24, just think about how much work Paul was doing. The traveling, the speaking, the fellowshipping, the discipling, and he still has to maintain his mental health, right? Eating, sleeping, resting, taking a break. He was relentless in his pursuit of fulfilling his God-given purpose. Relentless. And I always think about that when it comes to my purpose too. I'm like, this man went so hard <laughs> that he literally was beaten, jailed, like stoned, insulted, mocked, stripped, and he kept going. He didn't let it even slow him down. And remember in the New Testament, the book of Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, Paul wrote these letters to these churches because he planted them there. That's why he wrote the letters. Because they were looking for guidance, they were looking for principles, they were looking for ways to grow in their faith, to settle disputes. He couldn't go to all of them at once, so he wrote them letters. Thank God he did, because that's how we got our New Testament, praise Jesus. But it's just incredible the impact this one person had because he said yes to what God asked him to do. Even when he messed up, remember, he had that huge falling out with Barnabas. They were so loud, everybody heard him. A big falling out. And these are two Christian men. So he made mistakes, right? He made mistakes. He misspoke in the synagogue. He made mistakes. 
However, he kept doing what God asked him to do. That is what was number one priority for him. And it's just incredible to think about applying that to our lives as Christian entrepreneurs too. So verse 24, a Jew named Apollos came to Ephesus, born in the city of Alexandria, He was an educated man who knew the scriptures well. He had always been taught about the Lord and was always excited to talk to people about Jesus. What he taught was right, but the only baptism he knew about was the baptism that John taught. Apollos began to speak very boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him speak, they took him to their home and helped him understand the way of God better. Apollos wanted to go to Achaia, so the believers in Ephesus helped him. They wrote a letter to the Lord's followers in Achaia and asked them to accept Apollos. When he arrived there, he was a great help to those who had believed in Jesus because of God's grace. He argued very strongly against the Jews before all the people. He clearly proved that the Jews were wrong. He used the scriptures and showed that Jesus is the Messiah. Woo! Isn't that beautiful? One flame ignites the next until we light up the entire world. Now, one thing that I love about that last piece of the scripture is how Priscilla... Um, and her husband didn't rebuke Apollos, right? So when it says that Apollos was speaking about the baptism that John taught, remember that John was just teaching um, as far as the Messiah is coming. Jesus taught baptism as spirit and truth, that our old life has passed away. Now we are in a new life with, with God, with Jesus Christ, our Heavenly Father. So he was teaching it through spirit. John was teaching it through water. So Paulus had never, probably, I'm guessing, had never actually heard Jesus himself speak. Of course, I can't go and ask him, but I'm assuming if he didn't realize the difference, it's because he didn't actually hear the words from Jesus himself. So instead of Priscilla and her husband being like, yo, you you saying this wrong, this and that, all this stuff, how some Christians like to do to each other, they took him home with love, with love and helped him understand what the scriptures actually said. I love this. I love it as an example for all of us as believers. I know it's kind of like speaking or preaching to the choir, I get it, but we gotta stop pointing our fingers at each other. (laughs) We have to stop pointing our fingers at each other. I can't tell you how many emails I get from Christian men who say to me, I'm sinning, because I'm teaching women to have their own business instead of teaching women to, uh, what do they tell me? What's the word that they like to use? Be busy at home. Women need to be busy at home. You're teaching them to start a business. <laughs> and now what I do, I just block those emails, but I used to reply back and be like, did you read that in Proverbs 31? She used to sell fabrics, bruh. She was into real estate, bruh. She was not just sitting at home. She was making money for her family as an entrepreneur, sir. So thank you so much. Now I don't even bother. Now I just block them. But as Christians, we have to approach each other in a loving way and not throw our fingers up at each other. You're wrong. You're this. You're that. Because that makes people not want to be part of the church anymore. Can you imagine somebody who doesn't believe in Jesus comes to a church and sees the two deacons fighting? about an interpretation of scripture. (laughs) You think that person's going to want to keep going to church? No. But for some reason, we do it all the time in the church. We do it all the time. I've been to committee meetings before this pandemic happened. I've been to church committee meetings where I've literally seen deacons stand up, point their finger at the pastor and say, you did this and you did that and you did this. And I'm sitting there like, what is happening? (laughs) Am I in high school? (laughs) What is going on? So we have to approach each other in love. We have to approach each other the way Jesus approached his disciples as a servant, washing each other's feet humbly. 
because when we do this, we are able to really communicate with each other and show people outside the church what it means to be a child of God, how Jesus himself unites us. He makes us one. He makes us brothers and sisters. He makes us into one family together. And there's no reason to be pushing at each other, shoving at each other, yelling at each other, pointing at each other. We can all support each other in love. While we have differences of opinions, yes, but support each other in love. Now, if you're like, well, Stephanie, I'm pretty sure that God wants me to start a business, a Christian business online. I'm not quite sure how to do it. I have a free Christian business toolkit that you can use to get started. You can get it by going to purposegift.com slash business kit. The link is in the description box of this episode. And if you're like, Steph, like starting a Christian business sounds amazing, but to be honest, I'm not even sure if I'm a Christian. I have great news for you. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And what that means is being a Christian is trusting in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. So if you want to make that decision today, it's very, very simple. All you got to do is say this prayer with me. And you're going to say, Dear Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you rose again. Today, I believe in you as my personal Lord and Savior. Sisters in Christ, if you said that prayer, welcome to the kingdom. Angels are literally celebrating your, your name right now. It's been written in the book of life. Nobody can ever take it out. Get into a virtual Bible-based church in your area and get started reading the word of God because he loves you so much. He wants the best for you. He has so much promise and abundance for you. But the only way for you to find out what that is, is by reading his holy scriptures, by reading the Bible. I always recommend starting with the book of John because it's literally like the Lord's love letter to you. And if you want to read it together, I have a, I have a whole podcast series on this, um, on this podcast, a whole series on this podcast where we went through the book of John together. So rewind a few episodes and you can definitely check that out. Sisters in Christ, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and give you complete and total purpose over your body, mind, and soul in the name of Jesus and give you peace, mercy, and favor forever and ever. Amen.